my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brady Leonard. Episode 100, coming out on July 4th, 2018. 4th of July, episode 100. That is just beautiful, people. I couldn't have planned it out better. And I did not plan this. It just happened. Just the dates worked out, and uh, this week's Wednesday episode happens to be July 4th. Beautiful. God bless America. We love you. <laughs> episode 100. This is a celebratory episode. Um, I've been drinking. Fair warning. Uh, and I have a very special guest coming up in just a minute. Before we get to our guest, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you want to quit smoking or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor at premiervaporandlounge.com. Um, they have the, the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country, all FDA compliant. They have any kind of mod, battery, tank, coil, anything you need, you can get at premiervaporlounge.com. If you're in Northwest Ohio, check out their physical locations uh, in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. If not, premiervaporlounge.com. Free shipping on all orders over $35. And uh, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, Two shows every week, Monday and Wednesday. It's all free. All the content is always free. But if you want to contribute, check us out at patreon.com slash the NoGimmicksPodcast. There's uh, incentives if you choose to do so. If not, it's still free. Uh, Just tell your friends about us. We would appreciate that. Man, 100 episodes. Time is just flying by. Without further ado, here is my very special guest. Episode 100. Episode 100, baby! Here's my special guest in just a second. All right, guys. We are here with our very special guest... Josiah motherfucking Hughes, the original co-host of the No Gimmicks podcast. He is back for episode 100. Joe. What up, motherfucker? (laughs) The hitman is in the house. I gave you that nickname. I'm here. Like five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Brady gave me that name. And it stuck. Thank God. It stuck. It's a lot better than the other names people call me. Oof. I've, I've, been called a, I've been called a few myself. Josiah is ah. back. Uh, he, he, uh, he resigned from the podcast, I think, in December or January, something like that. And uh, he is back for episode 100. It, and it's fitting that it, uh, this episode is airing on July 4th. Oh, this, I mean, is, this is America's episode right here. All of the free. This is for America. This is for the free world. We are free as shit today. We are we free as shit. This is the freest podcast of all time. I've, Episode 100 of the Podcast. I'm 
I'm several whiskeys in right now. Yeah. Because uh, we are celebrating episode 100. Celebrating America and freedom and Jameson Black Barrel and, 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 and Yingling. And the random gut rot that I'm drinking right now. <laughs> I don't know. And the, and the 400 milligrams of caffeine I just took. <laughs> to help me through after a long day in the warehouse. Woo! Yeah, I, I watched... And the rockets! <laughs> <laughs> I watched Josiah pop a couple giant <laughs> caffeine pills. So uh, between the alcohol and the caffeine, we're just ready to go. I mean, this is... Yep. Man, we're celebrating the 4th of July, celebrating episode 100 of this podcast. Man, I don't know. Where to, where to start? We, we should yeah. recap the last year and a half. Yeah, let's die, let's bring it back. Let's do like one of those so wow we CDs. Started, we started the show, and I've told the story on the show before. I think after you stepped down, I, I, I told the story of like when we decided to start the podcast. It was on election night in Oh, right. 16. And yeah. I was watching the election, the, the results come in at my place. No, I was at my parents' house because we, we always call it the end of the world party. Every yeah, four yeah. years, we always get shit faced and watch uh, the results come in for the presidential election. And you were watching at <laughs> your place in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, like, I, I was flipping back and forth between uh, Fox News and MSNBC. And Fox yeah. News was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we we told you Trump would win. We totally knew this was going to happen, which is obviously a lie. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's I, totally not true. I don't even think Trump's family thought he was going to win. And then, like, I flipped it over to MSNBC, and Martha Raddatz, a uh, NBC columnist, was, was crying on air because Hillary Clinton lost. And I texted you. I was like, dude, we're way smarter than these motherfuckers. Like, yeah. we got we to do this. These people are fucking terrible. We, let's do it. You're like, I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, we've been that. talking about it for a couple of years and that was the, that, that was our message. I mean, we were just like, this is our moment. We, it was the moment. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we were watching the coverage. I still remember that. Like, I still remember, I think, I don't remember what channels I don't have. Like, I just have like basic cable, but, um, like, you know, there's this huge panel, you know how they like 15,000 people commentating. And then they have their one token conservative. And, you know, he was just so alone. <laughs> <laughs> he was so alone in the world. Yeah. Uh, it, everyone was just, it, it was just dumbfounded and was just saying stupid as shit because they were lost for words. And here we are. We found all the words. <laughs> we found many words. It mean, many words. <laughs> many probably meaningless a lot of words. words. <laughs> probably a lot of words that we regret, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> we've we've whispered many sweet nothings into the ears of our <laughs> beloved podcast listeners, or your Most beloved podcast listeners. Let, actually, we were talking about that before the show. Maybe we should start with that. We about all the things that we were feeling so do, uh, doom and gloom about uh, when we started the show for like the first nine months, and then how everything did not turn out that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, I, I reluctantly voted for. President Trump and then Josiah did not vote for President Trump. I didn't even vote. He, he didn't vote at all. Well, in, in your defense, you had just moved and didn't yeah. have time to I was taking register, really register in Bradenton. Yeah, which is where they, you know, wrangle crocodiles in police cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Google, <laughs> it. Google that. Everybody Google listening, it. just Google that. It's, it, it's a great video. 
But uh, we were both yeah. very, very skeptical, I think. Because, I mean, we started the show in February of last year. So it was like a couple weeks after Trump was inaugurated. And, yeah, you know, like we're both like conservatives, libertarians, like, you know, whatever you want to. I don't know. I don't really get the label. The labels don't really make any sense at this point. We're both small government guys. You know, yeah. like we believe in like freedom and, you know, little things like that. Individual <laughs> rights, individual yeah, yeah. freedom. You know, yeah, property individual, rights. Yeah, property rights, that kind of thing. Religious liberty, all, all that good stuff. But, it, like, the first several episodes we did, we were kind of, like, doom and gloom. Like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I think Trump, like, I think you were more worried that Trump would be, like, unhinged and, like, get us into a war or something like that. And then Yeah, it I just w- seemed too crazy. I, I couldn't get right. a read on him. And I was more of the mind that, like, I don't think he's going to be conservative at all. Like, I think, like, the whole, like, him running yeah. as a Republican was bullshit because he's, like, a New York liberal, and I don't think he's going to be much better than, like, a Democrat. And right. I don't know, man. Like, none of, like, none of our fears were, were realized in the last no. year and a half. Like, things are going pretty keep well. keep on being surprised. Things right. just keep, Every time we're like, you know, we don't really like this guy, but damn. <laughs> That's awesome. And this yeah. keeps on happening. I know. Like, it's, like, I think all of our fears at the beginning, when we first launched the show, I can't, yeah, like, we were, we're talking about, like, the Middle East a lot. Like, yeah. is it going to get us into more wars in the Middle East? Because we were tired of the George Bush and Barack Obama wars. We're tired of randomly bombing people for no reason. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, is he going to, totally go unhinged and like start a war with North Korea. Well, I mean, we're negotiating with North Korea right now, you know, like all this stuff, like, I don't know, like other than like the, the tariffs are obviously really stupid. Like I'm, we're both against like, right. Weird tariffs. That's a really bad policy. But other than that, when it comes to foreign policy, like, I don't know, man, the world seems a hell of a lot safer a year and a half later than when we started the podcast. And even, even things that I've been, thing about politics and the world stage is it's just so difficult because you have to think about it in a kind of a 3d fashion right you can't just think of it about what you think is you can't even think it in terms of right and wrong without missing the big picture so like saudi arabia i mean we've talked about it you've talked about it like uh recently on your episodes that you know it's an evil state technically all states are evil maybe we could say i mean right. we probably both agree on that oh, yeah. um saudi Arabia is a particularly evil state and when trump did like a huge arms deal with them i was like what the hell this is why i didn't want hillary clinton to be president like right i was seriously concerned about that but then i dig a little deeper and find out that this is a key aspect to stability in the region because now saudi arabia has to buy their parts from us from here to perpetuity so right. from now on, Saudi Arabia, if they want to fix or anything that they own, any piece of equipment, they have to buy the part from us as opposed to the Russians or whatever. And so, you know, that means basically we're our and our uh, our geo our our political aspirations are aligned from here on out. So selling a bunch of weapons to an evil evil regime can have its its positive benefits in the long run. We're looking right now at a Middle East that has hope for the first time since who knows when. I mean, we're talking 
who knows when like when is there having peace in the Middle East? Like in during the Garden of Eden? Yeah. Yeah, I mean going back I don't know. Not any time in the last five thousand years at least, right? Like Yeah. You know, you're you're seeing uh the Crown Prince uh I'm not gonna try to remember the I've I've been drinking whiskey all night, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna try to remember the gentleman's name. But the, the, the Crown Prince, the king of uh, Saudi Arabia's youngest son who will be the next king of Saudi Arabia, met with Benjamin Netanyahu, the president or the prime minister of, of Israel last week. Let's say that again. Like, let's repeat that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let that seek it. That's not a, that's not a little blip that goes in the bot that should be going on the bottom of CNN. Right. This should be a week long <laughs> news cycle. Of course we don't talk about it because you know, we're just, we're paying attention to something else, but I mean, let's, would, let's repeat that. Yeah, why would the media care about things that matter? But Bibi Netanyahu met with, uh, I think, Mohammed bin Salman, I believe is the gentleman's name, uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. They met last week, which I believe is the first time. Uh, are you fact-checking me right now? You, you looking up the I'm trying right? to find the name to make sure okay. it's right. <laughs> Mohammed bin Salman, I believe. I may be wrong. Mohammed bin Salman. Blame the whiskey, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, yeah, I mean, yep, yep, like, yep. You were right. Was That's I the really? crown prince? Wow. I'm, I'm proud of myself. You, you nailed it, Mister <laughs> Mister Black Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> I just outed you. I know for the bottom shelf Canadian whiskey. I'm <laughs> right sh- Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> uh, uh, you guys can support Radio on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> No, please, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outed, but but anyway, like you know, we're talking about oh, Trump. He's unhinged. He's gonna just launch all these new wars. And like we we sat through sixteen years of presidents engaging in random wars in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, like we we're coming off of two failed presidents in George W. Yeah. Bush and Barack Obama who just invaded random countries that we had no business being in. And this president, this this administration, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. We, we pulled out of the Iran deal, which was an absolute bullshit deal. We've, you know, they moved the, uh, the embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, strengthening our alliance with the only democracy in the region, Israel, obviously. Uh, and... Our Arab allies in the region are allying with with Israel. I mean, they're like Jordan, Saudi Arabia, like these countries are are strengthening their ties with Israel, which is like if you go back five years and say that, you'd think we were nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff. Who would have predicted that happen? I would think I was. If I would think I was nuts, if I was talking to myself five years ago. <laughs> right, especially Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, and Egypt. Egypt. I mean. Right? Yeah, I mean, dude, power is shifting in the Middle East in in a, in a good way, in a good way. It, it, the big picture is looking hopeful, um, which I'm so happy about. I mean, obviously, it's still the Middle East. It's still there's still Syria. There's still you know if if the rebels, so to speak, which is not there's only one legitimate rebel group in Syria, which is the Free Syrian Army, and they're just holding out hoping that they can carve out a little bit of land for themselves, but they don't have any chance of taking the government. Other than that, there's Assad, evil murderous dictator, backed by Iran. Um, 
and a bunch of jihadist rebels, which as soon as they take, if they take power, they'll just have massive ethnic genocide. So there's no win situation for Syria, but the Middle East, as far as the power games being played, Iran's on the losing side in that power game, which is good for the free world, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And at the when we first started the podcast, right after Trump was inaugurated, there was a vacant Supreme Court seat, obviously. Antonin yeah. Scalia, you know, rest in peace, uh, who was a absolutely phenomenal Supreme Court justice, had passed away, you know, six months before the election, something like that. And uh, we speculated on whether or not Trump would appoint like an actual constitutionalist, an originalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't know it was going to happen. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I mean, who who could have known? And he gave us Gorsuch, who is an yeah. absolutely a constitutionalist. I mean, he is. Uh, I mean, he's he's proven himself already in the in the handful of cases uh, handed down from the Supreme Court to be, you know, the closest thing we've got to to Clarence Thomas, I think. And then uh, we were getting another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Justice Anthony Kennedy. Obviously, we talked about this on the last show. Uh, is retiring. He's 81. Uh, wants to, you know, retire, you know, with his family, his grandkids, great grandkids, and you know, doesn't want to work till he dies. He wants to be like a a decent, you know, human being and be with his family when he's old. You know, makes can sense. I just jump? Make makes sense. Yeah, yeah, make, yeah. Go ahead. So he may, basically he has a healthy understanding of himself and respect for himself and his family. I mean, who honestly, who does something like that after they're into their 80s and 90s? You know, it's either they're got some sort of pressure on them and they don't have a grip on themselves, which I don't think is possible as someone in a powerful position. You obviously have to be competent enough, know yourself enough to get there. What I think it usually is like, I'm sorry, I know you got you always got to back up John McCabe because John McCain is a war hero, but. I seriously think the reason why he won't just go home and be with his family like a decent person is because of all the shit he's been tied up in over the years with arms deals and ba- and weird backroom deals and that kind of stuff. Just deep, you know, there's a log, just a long log of, you know, Washington politics. And I think that's what a lot of these guys, why they don't just, won't just go home. <laughs> it's like you don't need it anymore. You don't need the money. John McCain's weird, too, because he is, you know, obviously he's a war hero. And, you know, know, he's captured in in Vietnam. He was tortured for a number of years. And, uh, you know, he refused to be released until the rest of his men were released. And and we all know the story of John McCain. Like, he, he did serve his country honorably. Like... Aside from like what what you just said with arms deals and stuff like that, like he's missed the last like several dozen Senate votes because he, he's in the hospital, you know, getting treatment in Arizona. So it's like, man, at the at the end of the day, like how many votes can you miss before you you should vacate your seat and let the governor appoint another senator? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like he's not doing his job as as a United States senator right now, obviously. So I don't right, but that makes me that's like makes me wonder what is someone's state of mind if they continue they persist in that way, like no one is benefiting literally no one, 
is benefiting from him staying in, in office. Right. He's not benefiting. His family isn't benefiting. The country isn't benefiting. The Republican Party isn't benefiting. Who who the hell is benefiting? And he he should know this. Right. That's do, do you frustrates know who, me. Do you know who the governor of Arizona said that will probably be appointed uh, to replace him when he passes away? I, I don't know if I've told you this. Jo- Josiah hasn't been as he, he still follows politics, but he's not as day to day plugged in I, as he was when he no, was no, co-hosting I the to, show. I isolate. I isolate myself from time to time. So do you know who, to, uh, Cindy? Uh, McCain, I think I think his, his wife. I forget. Is oh really? Wife. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. She's his probably wife. going to be appointed the next senator from, from Arizona. Which is oh my god. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I mean, and she might be a perfectly fine candidate. I don't really know much about her, but it seems a little. I don't know. Seems a little weird, man. I don't seems know. like. <laughs> Yeah, that's just called name recognition. Yeah. I don't want you to just get Kid Rock to move down there or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know. That's not doesn't seem very smart. Whatever. We'll see. Whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what yeah. happens. Dude, another thing that was this North, like the North Korea stuff. We kind of talk, we breezed over that. Mind if I talk about that a little bit? Oh no, go ahead. Absolutely. I am unbelievably stoked about the North Korea thing, situation. Um, the way how eager Kim Jong Un was to come to the table, how eager he was to give up uh, negotiating chips. Um, to me, it looks like he's trying to get something done quick because the the situation. For, my my perspective is from okay. If I'm if I'm putting myself in his in the North Korean state's shoes. I'm looking at um, Gaddafi, right? Right. And I'm thinking, if I comply with these guys, their intention is just to kill me, right? Their and the North Korean states' plans is to just stay alive. That's their primary goal. Right. Stay alive, stay rich. You know, that's really their only goal. So. My my thought process is they're probably willing to start revamping their economy to a certain degree. I think they are, um, they, but they're just not wanting to do it in such a way that they're going to get killed. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, Trump has come in and has given them not just Trump, but also the North, the South Korean, the new South Korean government, which has really been, I think, emboldened by Trump. And also, um, just a, it's a good. I think it's a good pairing because it kind of gave a perfect window of opportunity for the North Korean state to kind of come to the table without being afraid of total rep- uh, annihilation. Um, another right. big part, another genius move that is not is overlooked. I think was a kind of a key in all this was moving the missile system to Japan. Right. Um, that is what brought – I think that's what made it China say it was that, that brought China to the table because China doesn't want a U.S. presence in South Korea, a strong U.S. presence in South Korea. They don't want a rogue state in North Korea, and they definitely don't want anarchy in North Korea. They don't want nukes in North Korea. So you kind of eliminate all those uh, threats to, to the state of China, move the system to Japan, voila. Okay, now we can talk. That was genius, and it kind of changed the whole uh, 
the whole the whole uh dynamic there and uh so i mean the whole way that played out was just it's such a different way than the freaking warhawks have been running things where it's just like i mean trump's tough in a different way he's tough in the sense that he'll talk to he'll talk to talk to where he say i will bomb you where the other guys won't aren't be willing to do that but he's also willing to actually work with people um, on their level instead of saying, well, you're going to have to die, you know, which was kind of the Obama's the, – the, anything that the Obama administration would offer would mean the death of the leaders of North Korea. Not saying they don't deserve it, but like that's not a good way to negotiate. It's like because they're not stupid. Um, it's not something that North China was willing to come to the table with. It's not something North Korea is going to benefit from. Now they're in a situation where they can benefit. And like um, the other day you were talking to uh, somebody and he was talking about uh, the salute to the soldier. You know? Oh, right, right, He said right. you salute the general, the North Korean general. And, I, you know, he said – he was talking about that's, you know, propaganda – going to be a propaganda tool for North Korea and, and that legitimizes them or something. But honestly, they're going to – all they do is – only media they have is propaganda. <laughs> It's state Doesn't run, really it's, state run, it's all state-run media. Like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? They can say whatever. They're going to say whatever they want anyway. It's not like it has any aspect of truth in it anyway. It doesn't matter. But that's the cool thing about what Trump does, I think. That's that's clever. That's different than other polit- politicians do. He flatters these people. He Anything that does – if it doesn't cost him anything to do something for these people, like in a public sense, he'll do it for them. You know? Instead of and so it makes it makes it cheaper and less expensive for people to come to the table because they're not gonna it looks it's a win for them you know what I mean like if they talk to Trump he's going he's not gonna embarrass them he's gonna make them look good and 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 so it's a win for them either way and it doesn't cost us anything it doesn't cost Trump anything you know other politicians couldn't do that because they're too worried about looking a certain way right and like. Yeah, it, that's Trump's style. I mean, that's just how right. he handles these people. And like, I remember like early after we we launched the podcast, we covered, you know, I remember that interview that Trump did with Bill O'Reilly uh, before the Super Bowl, and it was like right when we launched the podcast, like a year and a half ago. And uh, uh, O'Reilly asked him about Vladimir Putin, like, you know, you know he's you know Putin's a killer. And Trump goes like, "There's a lot of killers. There's a lot of killers." <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. This is like, this is how he does because he has that like New York businessman background, where you uh-huh. flatter your opponent. Like if you're like you're negotiating someone, you just flatter them. You just say what they want to hear, and then you start negotiating. And like that made us both very nervous at the time. <laughs> like we, yeah. like we both like condemned that, and we're like, oh yeah, this is this is really bad. But I don't know. I that, like, at this point with Kim Jong Un a couple months ago, it's like, dude, if you didn't think that Trump was gonna behave this way, then you haven't been paying attention for a year and a half. I mean, this is this is how he talks. Like, this is how he yeah. talks about world leaders, even the worst. The, I mean, the worst dictators, the worst killers out there. This is just how he. I mean, he knows he has to flatter these people. That's just his negotiating tactic. He wants to. And you have to understand. 
Yeah. He has to understand their cultures too. And I'm sure he, and he has, you know, he's done a right. lot of business overseas. He understands, like I grew up in Asia, man. You, you, there's certain things that are just a deal breaker. If you don't show respect, then it's, it's, it's a no win. Right. It's a no win because they cannot cooperate with you. It'd be against their honor code. So you can't not show respect if you want anything out of them. It doesn't matter if they deserve it or not. That's not the point. The point is, is are you willing to show it? You know, it's, it's a matter of saving face. There's a huge thing. I grew up in Thailand and, uh, a huge phrase there. It's just ingrained in the culture is laksana, which means say, it just means to save face basically, or, or maintain face. And, uh, that's important for a politician, man. And you gotta be able to work with that. I mean, Anything that there is there to work with, you should be working with it. Right. And yeah, for, for our newer listeners that haven't, you know, aren't familiar with Joe, you know, uh, Josiah did grow up in Thailand you, until you were 19, right? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 19. So he's, he's uh, the son of missionaries and grew up in Thailand until he was 19. So, uh, you know, if if you weren't from, if you haven't listened to our first, you know, sixty episodes or something like that, <laughs> we're yeah, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a, a lot of the when we first started the show, like we're both kind of philosophical guys. Like we like talking about like yeah. big picture stuff. Yeah. And so, like naturally, we went to like the nihilistic, <laughs> like <Yeah>. neg- <laughs> negative stuff. <laughs> A, a lot early on. Doom on you. <laughs> and none of that stuff happened. So, like, as yeah. we sit right now, like we said, like, obviously the economy is going well. We're, we're, we're incredibly well. The let's econo- just, let's <laughs> just stress incredibly well. All right. Let, let's hit on that before, before I ask my next question. I mean, the economy in the second quarter of 2018 grew at, at 4%, 4% GDP growth, which is just astounding. I mean that is incredible. We're at three point eight percent unemployment rate, which is actually full employment. If you're under four percent, you're at full employment. This is the strongest the economy has been in. I don't know. I mean, like you can make a case the mid '80s during President Reagan's first term, but inflation was way higher and interest rates were at like sixteen or seventeen percent. So it's like. I, I think the economy is probably the strongest now than it's been since the '60s, to be honest. I mean, I think I'm I'm kind of uh, putting some different statistics together here, but but four percent quarterly quarter uh, growth, that's I think eight times more than the average growth during the last administration. <laughs> well, the, the eight average. times. <laughs> Close. Eight. Close, yeah. Well, right? not not About quite eight that. times. the The average growth was somewhere between one point five and one point six percent under the eight in a years year. under Obama. So over a year, it's so it, was, it wasn't. I good. mean, I'm kind of extrapolating here, but you know, I mean, that's what we do here. So you extrapolate. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. Let's not talk. Let's not mention. Let's not forget to mention also that uh, inflation was higher than growth for like the last. Uh, the four years beforehand, or maybe more. Which means I don't know what it was like during the Bush years. Was no it growth? It's if called it... <laughs> it's called going back in time. Right. It's called going backwards on the real real. Right. 
and I don't know. So like nothing that we were. It's afraid. good. It's great. It's way great. better than it's we great. Expected. It's great. Yeah. It's way better than expected. I didn't so, even like, vote, man. That's how how like doom and <laughs> gloom I was. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Hillary Clinton seems kind of like Satan. Satan and uh, <laughs> President Trump seems kind of like a psychopath. So I think I'm just gonna stay home. But uh, man. And I, I reluctant, I reluctantly voted for the psychopath over, over Satan, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that, that was like that was the metric I was using for. I, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, you have two doors. If one door says like, you open this door, somebody's definitely going to punch you in the face, and then the other door says, if you open this door, somebody's certainly one hundred percent going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll go with like the ten percent chance that I'm not going to get punched in the face <laughs> because Clinton was already a secretary of state. And she was like one of the worst secretaries of state we've ever had. You know she, what we were going to get. It, she, yeah. she convinced Barack Obama to invade Libya for no reason. Like to Barack Obama's credit, his instincts were to not invade Libya for no reason. And then uh, Clinton <laughs> talked him into it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit, you're like a terrible secretary of state. <laughs> so, like, if you're the second most powerful person on the planet and you've really fucked it up, like, I really don't want to see you be the most powerful person on the planet. So yeah. I was like, okay. And, like, to be honest, like, we both live in swing states, Ohio and Florida. Like, if I lived in Texas or Kentucky or, like, California or, you know, like Massachusetts or something, like a state where your vote really doesn't matter. Like, no offense to the people living in those states, but your vote really doesn't matter <laughs> like when it comes to voting for a president. If I lived in one of those states... It's not like a judgment I, statement it, on you. It's just it's the not you. world it's, we live in. It's your state. Your state sucks. <laughs> you know? But, like, I, I probably would have, like, voted third party or written somebody in or something like that. But, like, living in Ohio... Daffy I Duck. Would, Daffy Duck, <laughs> But living in Ohio, like I was like, yeah, I'm gonna vote Trump because, like, he's probably gonna be a bad president. But I know Hillary would definitely be a bad president. Yeah. So that's why I cast that vote. And uh, damn, man, like I'm I'm happy I did. <laughs> like, I, right. a year and a half, you know, a year and a half later, I'm like, yeah, I I'm 100% confident that I made the right decision. Yeah. I'm rarely 100% confident about anything. I don't know about you. Very, but, rarely, uh, very rarely. It's pretty, pretty great. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, I was going to say something else, but it doesn't fit. I've missed my segue. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just go for it, man. Just go for it. <laughs> it doesn't work no more. It's episode Earlier. 100. It's episode 100. All rules are off. All rules are off. This is going to make no sense. I'm sorry, guys. I haven't talked in a long time about this stuff, so I'm just throwing shit everywhere. I'm just throwing shit on the walls like a crazy person. Monkey style. Just go for it. Monkey style. <laughs> the uh, One thing I've been thinking about uh, a lot lately to do with like the world the world power scene and all that, right? Um, we're a libertarian. We're small government guys. Let's just say that. That's the only probably political statement that we can really say that we know people right. will understand and know is, that is true about By us. By the way, you just reminded me of my next point. So if I okay. don't if I don't say it, remind me that you reminded me of that. How about you tell you go, go your no, next no, point? No, go, maybe go, I'll find no, a way to segue no, my point. We're both drunk. You gotta finish your point, <laughs> or you're gonna forget it. Go ahead. All right. Um, I think I saw. Of course, defense spending always really bugged me. Um, so like we, you know, our huge crazy 
bud defense budget um our you know all the wars all that really bugged me um it seemed really uh wrong and messed up and just not prudent or um just didn't seem like just from a freaking fiscal point of view it just didn't seem like it didn't seem right it seemed like a like a like a it reminds me of the fall of the roman empire basically you know, yeah, there are, spending, there are parallels, yes. Yeah, yes. You're, you're spending more gold to hire people to fight the Huns than you have, and then the Huns take it all. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, so, but here's the thing, though. After, especially after the G6 talks, um, and all, you know, the Europeans trying to look like, you know, virtue signaling and trying to look like, they're all, you know, these great, uh, I don't know, liberal loving people. And, but the thing is, the reason why you might wonder why is it that Trump, why is it that America is really calling all these shots in Europe? I mean, why does it even matter? And, and the reason is that the these European countries won't pay for their own defense. So we get to call the shots in the world because we pick up the defense budget for the entire world, right? Like Germany, all these European countries won't pay. Um, you know, it won't even get up to 2% of GDP on defense spending, which is, I think, an agreement that they're constantly in breach with, right, for uh, NATO? Yeah, that's the NATO re requirement is 2%, yeah. Yeah, so technically, and no one reaches it. Germany doesn't reach it, you know, Poland doesn't reach it. None of the countries in the agreement actually reach the 2%, I don't think. Maybe a couple of them do. But, uh, so Merkel's, you know, talking shit about Trump, and Trump just says, well, okay, fine. We'll get out of your business if you freaking get your military up past 2% of GDP. Seems and then, you know, that's not, that doesn't, <laughs> yeah, 2%, it's not that high. But, you know, that's not a good, when you just, when your platform is that everything is, you know, rainbows and daisies and you know, you can't. You're not going to get your constituents to want to give you money for military. But uh, yeah, that's that's one thing that's been confusing for me lately, man. Because I've always been small government, and uh, but the question is, like, you know, do I? Obviously, it doesn't really matter what I think. But like, do I? What position should I be taking here? Should I be taking a position of sm uh, small government? Which is small government. You can't really, I don't think, philosophically make the argument. That you believe in small government and a large military, um, at least a military that is invested strongly in foreign interest. I mean, you should be able, you know, that it, it's kind of a contradiction of statements. So, like, which way is it? I mean, uh, which way, you know, it's, it's just like one side, which is philosophically what I believe is the ideal world. And there's the other hand, which is like the world we live in, which is always a pain in the ass because it doesn't fit in with your ideals <laughs> uh but it's difficult man and i and, and this is maybe right. what and i think this might be the perspective that trump is taking into all these tariffs talks you know he might be thinking hey look we're holding up all your all your your military budget we basically own the military for the free world let's say for lack of a better term we're gonna have we're gonna throw our weight around a little bit and make you do what we want and benefit our economy a little bit more. You know, it's a little bit more of an imperial point of view. And, uh, 
that's not a libertarian point of view, but the question is, what do you do? Do you just like unemploy all the people, like half the people in the military? God, Benjamin, military spending in half, say F you the rest of the world and just let the so, – and also the oil, right? Oil is bought with U.S. dollars, all right? right, all around the world. OPEC, OPEC decided that you cannot purchase oil in the world on earth unless you use U.S. dollars. So guess what? All this talk about potential World War III with Russia that we used to worry about <laughs> it can't happen. It can't happen no. because Vladimir nope. Putin would have to buy oil for his tanks with U.S. dollars. So unless – and everyone wants that to change except for the U.S. And as long as the U.S. can maintain the stranglehold on oil, no one – you know, a, a major power is only going to fight with us through proxy and trade, proxy wards and trade, which is what Russia is trying to do. Right. And uh, so that's like we're trying to maintain peace through, I guess, unethical means. And the question is, philosophically – is it right or not? I don't know. That, that's the, like, <laughs> the one, like, I don't know how I feel about this, Joe, but, like, that's kind of, that, that that's the thing that keeps me from being, like, a full-blown libertarian. I mean, like, that yeah. sounds like it's AIDS, like, full-blown AIDS or something. <laughs> full-blown libertarian. Is that, like, I do support the military, and I understand our role in the world as like the greatest country in the history of the world. And we do like we are the reason why not just our country is free, but the entire western world is free. <laughs> so or at least have just functional democracies right. and functional economies. Right. Yeah. And but I also believe in limited government. So like how do we rectify that? How do you reconcile that? I yeah, I don't know how you reconcile that. Like it, it is it is really tough. Like that that's the thing. Like cuz like the it just goes to like the fundamental like when you boil it down, not to get I mean I've been drinking, so I'm just going to go there. But like <laughs> just like, go for it. Like I mean the two and I'll get to like the one other point that like I think that we've both realized over the last year and a half is that um like the right left paradigm is kind of like bullshit and like irrelevant bullshit. Yeah. And it's just authoritarianism versus libertarianism is like, it's an up and down paradigm, not a right left. Right. Like that, that's kind of like, it's the only way that the right and left. Yeah. Cause the right and left talking points are culturally and it, it depends on situation. It depends on history. It doesn't depend on any actual philosophy. It just depends on where the, the cards freaking land that day. Because, you know, you look back a few years and the line's a different spot. Or you go to a different country and the line's in a different spot. Like what's considered conservative, what's considered liberal are different things. Right. You know, but the line between, or I should say the spectrum between totalitarianism, you guys remember me, you know, I have a hard time saying that word, uh, for versus uh liber- libertarianism or could you just say liberalism i guess nowadays you have to say classic liberalism which just pisses people off um uh because no one really knows what you mean i guess but that that spectrum actually has a definite um a quantitative measurement like you can kind of like look at it and say okay you these people have more freedom of choice 
and these people have less freedom of choice. Like they, can, these people right. in this government, you can have more personal independence and personal responsibility for your own life. And this government, you cannot. You know, you're certain, you know what I mean. And that is a much clearer metric in the way of looking at the world as far as than like a right and left paradigm that kind of switches really fast and is there's a lot of like social pressures and stuff that kind of make people in situations that or like just a lot of it's reaction you know a lot of uh our contrarianism i'm a huge contrarian you know <laughs> so like there was a lot of left leaning stuff that i was really into until the left fucking lost its mind and then i was like that pushed me more in the other direction and i'm conscious of that but at the same time, I can't completely control my my subjectivity. You know what I mean? It's like it's still I'm still going to be subjective as a human being. So there's certain things I'm just not going to see clearly. But there's some. But it's pretty clear to see whether or not someone is free or not. Right. And like the 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 right left paradigm made a lot more sense to me like ten years ago. And you used to say this on the show. You said it a couple times. Which I thought was brilliant. Was a uh, you know the Republican Jesus on the right? Yeah, Republican Jesus, <laughs> the Republican crazy. Jesus, you know, and <laughs> and so it was like everything was about like the religious aspect of everything or whatever. So like the left was just like pro like gay shit and stuff, and then like the yeah. right was then the right was Republican Jesus, which yeah. is not scriptural. Obviously, me, me and Josiah are both you know Orthodox Christians. Like we were, you know, but uh, and we've kind of. I, I don't know. I think I don't think Orthodox Christian really, really make. I don't think that would really people will get the wrong idea about me. I think you're right. I just mean Orthodox I mean that like we believe what the Bible says, as in yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what you would say to describe us. We're we're basically on the same page with most scriptural things but i don't know i'm, I'm different than most people with how i read the bible i'm completely I, i'm a christian but like i really don't follow the same spots a lot of christians on political stuff like and it, it the thing it really bugs me like i mean I, I you know obviously i grew up with christians my friends are christians i go to church i'm my all my you know but like the kind the certain certain brand of uh christian thinking that really politicizes doctrine is something that I really don't, I really don't appreciate. And I, I'm actually, I really worry about. And right now that's one of the things that have been a positive in the Trump administration, because a lot of people don't probably even realize this. Christians and conservatives don't realize this, but their voice, Christian conservatives in this country, their voice has been minimized by the fact that their voting block is no longer as important. Right. And, and the Trump era, they're not as important anymore. And to me, even though I'm a Christian conservative, so to speak, that's a good thing because I don't believe it's ethical to have a government that is run off of minority Christian uh, minority principles right. or uh, or religious principles. I don't think that's right. I think you need a government that represents the people. I don't care what you believe personally to be. Be morally, I mean, or uh, to be religiously accurately accurate, because of course everybody thinks their religion is accurate. That's not. But if you want to have a America, is not about that, man. America is about coexisting and working together. And you can't have a society that works together if an. Um, let's be honest, 
people who have a particular uh, conservative Christian worldview is the minority in this country. I mean, obviously the influence of Christianity is what Western culture is built on, so there's that. But the Republican Jesus, as I used to say, or I still say, <laughs> that's a minority of people, man. The kind of people who are still talking about gay marriage is a serious issue. That's not an important, powerful force in the United States anymore. Right. And I think that's a good thing. No, that's a great thing. That is absolutely a great thing. Like Trump, yeah. Trump, here's the thing. People will, I'm sorry, Brady. No, no, I just go ahead. I'll keep going at this for a second. Like people freaking walking down New York City, in the streets of New York City saying, Trump is, and, you know, what was it? Bigoted, anti-gay, or something. Anti-gay, something, something, blah, blah, something, blah. Some catchy <laughs> chat. Whatever. It's like, like, okay, if anybody is anti-gay, it is not Donald Trump. Like, no. look, Donald Trump could possibly be a racist. I don't think there's anything he's done that proves he's racist, but it's possible. I don't know, but I know for a fact that he's not. Possible. Yeah, it's possible. Um, he's definitely not anti-gay. I mean, his whole life, he's been supporting the gay community. He's hired gay people all the time. He's he loves gay. He hired gay people into his cabinet. I mean, if if uh, he was the was it the first? Uh, uh, it was like the Department of something to do with the Fed. It's like the first time anybody openly gay was assigned to that position. Anyway, he's clearly he's lived. If in you New actually York, pay attention, he, he he's lived in New York City for like seventy years. You cannot live in New yeah. York <laughs> and be anti-gay. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And yeah, I mean, this I, is the yeah, yeah he's not he's not anti-gay and he actually did the completely politically unacceptable thing, which was stand up in the Republican. Uh, was it called? Uh, not the primary, but the convention and chastised the entire Republican p party on television for not supporting gay American troops and for not and for being and for bashing gay people. This is Donald Trump saying this stuff. Obviously, since he's supposed to be Hitler, no one noticed. But he's clearly not—he's <laughs> clearly not anti-gay. And personally, I think that's good in a president. Like, regardless of what you think is sinful or what your idea of sin is, you know, don't freaking judge someone unless you walk a mile in their shoes. I mean, honestly, and you can't judge a whole fucking country because of what you believe. That's just not fair. Because other people believe different things. You can't force your beliefs on other people who believe different things. You have to find a system that works for everybody, and thankfully we do have a system like that, the constitutional system. America! <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, he had the, the CEO of uh, PayPal, I think. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But an openly gay man spoke at the, the Republican National Convention and said, I'm a proud gay Republican, and he got a standing ovation. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't yeah. know. If if the Trump administration's like anti-LGBTQ Batman symbol, asterisk. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I don't know what the next ones are, but, uh. you know, whatever. The Superman sign. I, whatever. Like, the, he has a funny way of showing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that's, like... The Republican Party, I think, has moved on from the Republican Jesus thing, which like it, yeah, and, and like that that was honestly, I think you're the first person that had coined that term at least that, <laughs> that I that I heard, but it's a great term because that's like in the era that we grew up in, that like, was that, huge. That was a thing. Like that was yeah. like a Fox News, 
like if you're a conservative, you have to be like a social conservative. Yeah. You have to be like against gay people getting married, which by the way, I don't think the government should be involved in marriage in general. Yeah, like why is it why is it that they get to say if I get to be married or not? Like how is that even a that just doesn't seem that seems evil to me. My views on marriage like my views on marriage should be like a religious contract with it should you, be a, your, a religious your contract your, your it shouldn't pastor. even yeah and then it you know like i think like if two secular people want to like have joint assets you know if they move in together and want to have children or whatever they should just go to the state and say hey we have joint assets we're now living together we should have joint health insurance and whatever blah 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 like whatever like who cares it shouldn't be like a it should be between two people and whatever. Like, I don't think the government should be in the marriage business. I don't think the government should no. be in much business at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so but, here's, hey, yeah, because states, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm no, just freaking letting loose. No, no, go sorry, for it. Sorry, man. man. No, I can't help for, myself. No, go for it. States are essentially evil. Episode like, 100, e- bitches. 100 America! Uh, states are essentially evil. I mean, they're not saying that they're not assen- not necessary or that they shouldn't exist. I don't know. I don't think that we could live in a world without some form of state. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's human nature. We form we're, tribes and we like both, to kill other tribes. We're both minarchists. That's that's why, like, when we say we're libertarians, like that doesn't really fit because a lot of like the quote unquote true libertarians say you have to be like an anarchist. You have to be like an anarcho capitalist. And neither one of us are that. Like, we see some kind of, you know, use for the state. So we're like a, we're minarchist conservatarians. Yeah. You know? Like Cause, I, yeah, because anyway. the state, okay, yeah. so like the the 3D t- thinking, right? Like, like right. I was talking about. It's like, yes, the state is essentially evil, but also essentially necessary to avoid more evil in the current world we live in, I suppose. That's how I can compartmentalize it and can live with it, Right. But yeah, okay. So, people on the left, I you know, sound like you, Brady. People on the left, this freaking leftist. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, they like you know, like I, Jordan Peterson. I'm a huge Jordan Peterson fan. Same. Um, he's he's been trying to get people. He's you know, whenever he talks to these leftists that hate him, he tries to get he try he asks them a question. He tries to get them to say, when does left the left go too far like when the right goes too far we have a clear example of that all right hitler or fascism i mean it was technically politically it was kind of the left i mean it was because he was a socialist it was, as well technically so. it was socialism yeah so i i, 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 I yeah I, yeah it's confusing it as that right, right left spectrum that doesn't make any sense again and what they they could never give an answer what it, what's too much you know because they don't want to look bad in front of their other extreme friends they don't want to look like they're less uh, religious, you know, leftist religious, um, as their friends, but you know that they'll say is well when it, it's violence, and this is something I feel. Like Jordan Peterson, he's in, he, he's from Canada. He maybe not has doesn't have like a lot of libertarian uh, friends, but violence is the business of the state. The right. state exists on violence. They're great if at you, it. That's how how they exist. All the mass murders in history were performed by the state. Right. And the state is what kills people. And this 
state decides whether you live or die. Um, so the left, the left saying that the left goes too far when there's violence, this, they, they're negating the, they're forgetting the fact the state performs all the violence for them. And right. for some reason, if the state does the violence for them, if the state locks you up for something you said, if the state kills you for something you did, if the state kills you for who you are, I mean, black community should resonate with this. Right. I mean, for what you, you know, that is, that's fucking violence. Just because the state does it for you doesn't mean it's not violence. And so by their own metric, they've already gone too far. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I, looking at uh, the last couple weeks, and uh, I know you've enjoyed not being super plugged into uh, politics since you stepped down from the podcast in, uh, I think, December or January. Yeah. Because yeah. you, were, you were burned out, man. You had to take a break. Like, you know, it's too many negative things, man. We were on yeah. a downward. <laughs> I know. I, I was bringing you down. It was me. Let's well, be honest. It's just your your personality, too. Like, you're just not the kind of guy that should be that plugged in to, like, political commentary <laughs> right. 24-7. Like, yeah. it's just not healthy. It's not good. No. <laughs> I mean, you guys heard how I think about things. I can't constantly <laughs> be questioning the, the morality of every single thing that I do and think. If Joe didn't take a break, he would be just suggesting that you all kill yourselves by now. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be really bad for everybody involved, I feel like. <laughs> but, like, yeah. we're experiencing this thing right now where the left has... I mean, I mean, the left has always been unhinged for as long as the left has existed. I don't know, man. Well, that's know. kind of the definition so, of it, right? Socialism's I mean, the left... always bad. I mean, they're eating dogs and, and, and cats in Venezuela, so I don't know. I, like, the whole, like, oh, this just happened. No, it didn't just happen. Like, the left is always <laughs> really bad and socialist, but, like, with Maxine Waters calling for for harassment of all Republicans, essentially, in public, saying, you know, uh, anytime you see a Republican... You know, harass them, draw a crowd, tell them they're not welcome here in public. Yeah, well, since when did this become activism? I mean, was, since when did harassment qualify as activism? Or you know, I don't know. Probably. 50, I mean, that's fifty years ago. Or I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> no, but usually, it would be called terrorism. Right, but, but Maxine Waters is still like a respected leader of the Democratic Party. So that that the look. So we'll we'll recap this again in another year. And talk about how we were wrong and we had nothing to worry about, hopefully. <laughs> um, but the left is calling for violence against Republicans. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, like, and, and I've touched on it in, in previous podcasts, but, like, that's kind of the only thing I'm, I'm genuinely worried about. Like, these people like Maxine Waters are saying, anytime you see a Republican official in public, draw a crowd, harass them, and tell them they're not welcome in public. Like that is very disturbing, evil stuff. Not yeah. that I wouldn't that not that I wouldn't fight to the death for her right to say it because I'm a free speech absolutist. But like that's kind of I, I I have the feeling that in the coming year or so, people are going to get killed. Not to bring it way down. <laughs> I'm bringing it way down oh. right now. Oh, but for sure, man. I I feel I... like I feel like people. 
probably Republicans are going to be murdered because of the rhetoric of the left. I don't know. What do you think? I I, I think so. Um, obviously, people have already tried. Um, I mean, well, well, real quick, I, I don't don't forget what you're going to say. I know we're both drunk, but we we were doing a podcast literally when uh, Congressman uh, Alcohol <laughs> Steve Scalise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The majority right? whip, the majority whip of the Congress, Congress, Steve Scalise was shot on a baseball field practicing for the congressional baseball game. I remember we were doing it. We were doing a podcast with Jim Garrity of National Review at the time. Yeah, like when he was shot, and then like after we had got done doing the the podcast, we were chatting with Jim because uh, he was somebody that we we both look up to. He's a, a, a journalist over at National Review. A uh, very, yeah, awesome very guy. talented guy, very talented writer, and very podcaster. generous guy. Yeah, oh, great yeah. guy. And uh, and we, we like we both like we we were all checking our phones, and he was still like on Skype with us, and he was like, "Oh man, well this podcast is irrelevant," <laughs> you know, <laughs> 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 you know, like it, things always happen, like when we're recording, like shit just goes yeah. down. But anyway, that was only a year ago, and that the yeah. guy that shot Scalise was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, that just believed that he should kill the one percent, the one percent. Should have just gotten shot, Bernie Sanders. Then I mean, come on, give me a break. Exactly. You know, I was thinking about a little bit of that today, like how crazy things have come, and you know, that's the common talking point now is how crazy are they? Are everyone says the political discourse in this country? If I heard that phrase one more time, oh my god. I'm gonna fall asleep. Thank God I took 400 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like you know, of all the crazy things that have happened, like harassment against Republicans and whatnot. First of all, it's amazing that that not more right wing people have retaliated and done much. I mean, we had um, we had that freaking you know Nazi rally, but other than that. Not a lot of shit um, from, you know, from the really, you know, disturbed people on the right, which is great. But, you know, what was really crazy was freaking Inauguration Day. Like, I was just thinking about that today, how the left was protesting before it even happened. (laughs) Yeah. Like on Inauguration Day, people were just walking around, were looting Washington, D.C., and just punching random people that they thought were conservatives. Total mayhem. Like, looking back, that I think that's still the craziest thing. I remember we talked about that. We defended the fucking Nazi Richard Spencer, who's an evil, Richard Spencer. horrible, <laughs> who's evil Who's an evil person. motherfucker yeah, that if I saw a, him, I'd probably punch him in the face. Well, I'd try to get him to throw a punch at me first, so I was legally— Right, yeah, you, you got to try yeah. to taunt him yeah, first so you know, you're not legally liable. But, like, whatever. we defended that bastard on the podcast because people were, like, walking up to him and punching him in the face for no reason when he was just there. Just, yeah. Like, he hadn't done anything. He just anything. happened to be there, yeah. Like, he wasn't even, like, giving a speech or anything. He wasn't, like, talking about Nazi shit. He was just there, oh, yeah. and people were punching yeah. him. And we're like, all right, do we have to defend this guy just because of, like, I mean, the law? Like, you can't just punch people for no reason? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm you like, got to, yeah. Like, please, the left, 
Please. And you know what? Don't I make redact. us defend Richard Spencer. Right, I don't Richard want Spencer. to disp- I don't want to defend this guy. I think this guy's awful. Yeah. Like I agree with you. Please don't make us defend him. Like come on, like make him be the bad guy. Like don't be worse. And you know what? I redact what I said about if I saw him, I'd punch him in the face. Honest, like I might, you know, I'm thinking about. But, you probably would. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I tried. I would. I would honestly want. I'd honestly want to talk to him first because I'd be curious as to what it'd be like to talk to him. I'd honestly, I might, would, honestly, I guy, might would lose my. I would might lose my shit, but <laughs> I would be more curious to you know in the conversation. And also, you know, you can't. I don't know. That's the whole point, right? Is you're not supposed to be able to just. You're not supposed to be able to assault people just because they're wrong. Right? As long as they don't break the law. I mean, that's the law. You can't just assault people. You can't do that. Yeah. And Maybe I'm just getting old and soft. I, I, Dude, I'd have that stupid fucking Nazi on the podcast. And I'd smoke him. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why I not? Mean, I, I mean, he'd be I easy would... to smoke. He'd be oh, easy yeah. to smoke. Yeah, I mean, like, racism is not, like, hard to debunk. I'd, no, it's easy. Is. Yeah, it's like, okay. You know, if anybody should be racist, it should be the Asians. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have the highest IQ scores. Right. And they're like <laughs> colleges like Harvard and Yale are keeping them out because they're too good at You're too smart. You make yeah, the rest of smart. Yeah. look bad. Yeah, they're just yeah. literally discriminating against Asians for you know taking tests too well or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Makes absolutely uh, no sense. You're working too hard. <laughs> it's not allowed. So out of everything <laughs> Going on in the news right now, out of everything that's coming up in the near future in the world of politics, we were wrong about everything a year and a half ago, so let's be wrong again. What awesome. Freak, what freaks you out? Like what, like, what in the world right now scares you? Well, I'm just going to go off what I thought today, uh, <laughs> what I was scared of today. <laughs> let's just do that. Uh, kind of plays off what you were saying about what things are going to be like. I predict, I predict that Donald Trump's going to win the next election. Um, yeah, I, think so, I think so too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and and I, then a. I, I well be- before we move on from that, I I will vote for him again. Yeah. Do will you? And I also, yes, I will actually vote this time, and I will vote for Donald Trump. Right. I mean. Yeah, I, I thought so, but yeah, I just. Ah, uh, yeah, I. I yeah, I've decided. I mean, unless he does something crazy that I really yeah, of hate. Course, or, of course, yeah. Unless he does something that I think is evil, right. I'm going to vote for we're, him. We're I not mean, even halfway through his first term, by the way. When, like, when like, the <laughs> hell have we ever had a president? When the hell have we ever had a president actually did we say who's going to do? Never. Have we ever? Has that ever fucking happened? Reagan. In the history of the world. Reagan. Okay, okay maybe Reagan. Coolest. I mean, I guess I've only been alive for a little while. In, so in our life, say, but, yeah, we were both born in 1989. So we were, yeah. you know, Reagan was out of office no, before we were born. So yeah. but in our my understanding, right. my understanding is that politicians have never done what they said they were going to do. Right. All right. I mean, let's, Jerusalem embassy is a good example of that. Every American president says they're going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Never does it. Why? Because they're fucking cowards. Yeah. Um, reg- regardless of what you believe, if you think that's smart or not, why do you think every single American president promised they were going to do that and then didn't do it because they're fucking cowards. Here's um, the thing, but, but wait, I want you to finish this. Sorry. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I, th- this is something I've thought about a lot lately because of just the political discourse and the political climate globally. 
and we're both Christians, and that that's that shapes our worldview. Obviously, sorry, all you atheists listening to the show, we still love you. Please don't unsubscribe from the show. <laughs> but like, we're both we're both Christians, and that does shape our worldview. Obviously, if you were a Christian, you would understand. But it's tough. All right, a lot of things globally, not even domestically is is kind of separate, but. I'm I'm struggling with uh, I don't know I I'm almost to the point where I think that because of Trump's President Trump's temperament and ridiculous clearly ridiculous personality and just the way he views the world I'm almost to the point that I think that he is the right man for the job right now not that I wouldn't prefer someone else potentially being president, but I, I don't know. Like, with the things that he's accomplished in the last year and a half, it's tough to imagine another politician, even somebody that would agree with us, me and you, Joe, both politically and personally you know, and religiously. You know, it seems like— I think I'm just going to emphasize your point here in a second. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 I, I don't know. Like, I feel like— even like an uh, extremely religious Christian like Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or like a very astute politician like a John Kasich or Rick Santorum or a Scott Walker or Jim Webb on the Democratic side. I feel like I don't know if anybody other than a fucking bull in a china shop like Donald Trump could get this amount of really really good shit done in this amount of time you know it's i i, I don't i don't know before but like, people I, trump supporters were saying that shit like i don't I, I was like i was like bullshit. And i was like no way. i was like bullshit there's yeah. no way that's not how the world works you know we were both like that that's not how it works right but dude you're right it does seem like he's the man for the moment for and the i don't moment. care like right. he's not I, you can't hold historical figures in a in a moral moral prism no. you can't look at you and the fact sometimes the man in the moment, you know, it, and it's just what has to happen, doesn't mean that he's a good guy. Maybe he he definitely has good qualities. Most people do. I, I've had friends that have killed people and they have good qualities. You know, they also have fucking terrible qualities, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's some Thailand shit right there, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But, like, that's just human beings, man. Uh, those, was it, um... Yeah, the Gulag Archipelago, and it says in there that the line of good and right. evil runs between the soul of every man. And that is absolutely true, man. There's good and evil in everybody. And sometimes you got to have the the guy to be the <laughs> to be the guy that really shakes shit up. You got to have the right amount of that darkness to get it done. And like, right. all right, this is just this is a humbling this is a humbling thing we're going to say right here. That I'm going to say right here. Me and you, we were on the Kasich train. We were. That's we thought he that's, was that's the. Very we thought he now. was the freaking knight in shining armor. We thought he was the perfect guy. Our us us in our infinite wisdom thought that he was the guy who was going to freaking be the perfect guy for the world. Man, were we? Wrong. Look at him now. Because look at we him were now. So fucking wrong. Oh, that guy's <laughs> just an idiot. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, and that just you know 
that's just a reminder, I think, for myself and for everybody. Like, you might think that you got it all put together, but if if my personal experience is any judge, any uh, has anything to say about it, it's that you're not going to have the same point of view in the future. Like, <laughs> you know, things change, man, and you're yeah. not right about everything, no matter how much you tell yourself you're right about everything or not. So that's you know that that goes back to my whole thing about a democratic society shouldn't be run by a Republican Jesus because <laughs> right what we think what we think Jesus what we think about Jesus is going to change right. and it always has you know look look at history right it always and, changes and there's like even Rand Paul somebody that we both have a lot of respect for ran for president yeah you know like and I I don't know like would would have would Rand would a Rand Paul presidency have been able to get this much done in this short amount of time. Like, I don't know. I, I don't mean, think it would. Maybe. Like, maybe. I, I, maybe. I mean, maybe we, you know, or there could have been a lot of shit that would happen because his ideals would limit his possibilities as far as what he'd be willing to do. Right. You know, what would Rand, Rand Paul can't, I don't know. I don't know what he would do. He's, he, he's a very reasonable guy, very intelligent yeah, guy. Very honorable man. Like, but, what what would you have done in same, in the Middle East? Same with same with Ted Cruz. Same with your senator uh, from Florida, Marco Rubio, who's an honorable man as well. I mean, I, well, I don't know if he's honorable or not. Nah, he. But uh, we're, we're just guess. We're guessing. Let's be honest. I, I have an I have an amount of respect for him. Just as you, you do. Know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's I'm, all right. I, I have <laughs> a funny. Not... I get a funny feeling about Rubio. I'm not sure about him. He was. I mean, I don't. Of... I don't. I don't. I don't hate him. I'm not against him. But I I'm skeptical of literally every. Human, so like in this, unless <laughs> they're like they show former, like clear he was sainthood. A former, he was a former amateur boxer, so I, I respect that about him. I respect that, that too. Yeah. yeah, that that definitely boosts him in my book. There was a whole thing when like Trump was like, "Oh, little Marco," then like Rubio was like, "Oh, Trump's got a small dick," and then Trump's like, "Oh no, you have a small dick." I'm like, "Damn, Rubio <laughs> would." Rubio would knock that guy out in like five seconds, <laughs> because like he was yeah. like a legit am- amateur boxer. But anyway, anyway, but yeah, like it, it's weird that like we both like you didn't vote for Trump. I did very reluctantly, and I didn't feel great about it. And like we've kind of like come around on the guy in the last yeah. year and a half. Like it's like that is well, like I feel like we should get some credit for that for like being an adult and uh, <laughs> like being willing to evolve uh, on the way we view people. Like I, I, a lot of people are so dug in to their yeah. like opinions. They, like they form an opinion on somebody and then it, they, they're just, re- just reluctant. They just will not yeah. change at all. But really, what really bugs me is when people do that, they're really dug in. And then two years later you talk to them and they have a different point of view, but they'll never acknowledge the fact that they were wrong. Right, you know, and then right. and then now the new idea is just the thing, and they now they know it all. They didn't two years ago, but now they do. It's like they just forgot, and that that's something I have a hard time respecting, you know. And yeah. which is, I mean, let's be honest, that is what CNN is right now. They're literally condemning literally every day. They're just condemning all the things that they stood for four years ago. Right. Everything they thought was awesome four years ago now is terrible. Everything was terrible four years ago is now awesome. No, it's not just terrible. It's Hitler. It's Hitler. Because <laughs> that's the new thing. Everything yeah. is Hitler yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Which is why I'm not always doing this podcast, guys. It's because I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't watch CNN 
in and not want to shoot myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brady, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how I do either. But, all right. So one one thing I saw yesterday, there was a Yahoo News poll, which uh, polled like something like 10,000 Democratic voters on who they think the Democratic nominee for president will be in 2020. Do you know if this is is this national? Yeah, national. So have some yeah. context. Okay. Yeah, it, it like I I don't know how big a sample size usually is, but ten thousand seems like a pretty large sample size. Pretty large. But it was uh, <laughs> it was Joe Biden was number one. Hillary <laughs> Hillary Clinton was number two. I'm not joking. Bernie Sanders, who will be seventy nine at the time, was number three. And then Did I they, think the last two were Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator from New York, and Elizabeth Warren, Focahontas, the fake Native American from Massachusetts. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I know. I fully so support like, any mockery of Elizabeth Warren. Oh, dude. Well, one, like, it's hilarious that this is, like, the Democrats who are supposed to be, like, the party of minorities. These are all, like, white people in their 70s. That are about to die. That are about to die. And then it's also Hillary Clinton's on that list. And yeah, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders would be 79 in 2020. 79. Kind of. Joe Biden will be 78. No spring chicken. That just shows that the. it seems like Democrat voters just. Well, you know, like that, that, okay, let's cut them a little bit slack here. 10,000 people were asked who do they think will be the nominee, not who they would like to be the nominee. So. Okay, but isn't it hilarious that those are the only people they can think of? <laughs> Do they I mean, only know people who have just been like constantly talked about, like, or people who have been running for president already? Like, people have already run for president. Are they the only people they know about? I don't know, man. I mean, like Kamala. Usually, Harris. when you, if you lose, I mean, I guess if you lose an election in the presidential election. Do you know? Do you know about this? Is is it historically? Uh, like usually, you don't get if you run again, you still don't win, right? How many people have run? As far as people have won the primary, or I would have to. That's interesting. I would have to look at who is lost. Well, Reagan ran. Reagan ran before times. and lost, and then won in nineteen eighty. You know, but, actually, you know what? This this gets to my point that I. I you but were like, asking me what McCain, I was actually worried about. McCain ran it. Well, hold that thought. Don't forget okay. what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say that because we've been drinking heavily. But McCain yeah, yeah, ran yeah. in 2000 and lost, and then ran in 2008 and lost again. And then Romney ran in uh, 2008 and lost, and then ran in 2012 and lost again. So I mean, people run multiple times. Uh, I I don't know. Like in modern memory. Well, like Nixon ran. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and, and lost, and then he, you know, so yeah, I guess there are examples, but not since Reagan would be the last one that had run multiple times and actually won. So it's been his thing. I think whoever years. Democrats put up is going to lose. Like I said before, this oh, yeah. time I agree. Yeah, but I think based on kind of like the statistical probability of the, the American election cycle. You know, incumbents always have a huge advantage, and then after after eight years, it almost always switches parties. And uh, unless the president was a like a god, you know, like somebody everyone just 
love, which is rare. Um, so I do think, as far as things you, you you were asking me earlier, Brady, like what am I actually worried about now that I can we can look back in the future and be like, oh, we were wrong to be afraid of that. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. Okay, so I think Trump is going to win this election, but then I feel like by the time it comes back around, after his eight years are up, I think things are going to get really fucking weird, man. Because I think it's it's definitely going to be, uh, well, it's definitely going to be a Democrat. The question is, is the Democrat Party going to give up? On communism, or are they just gonna lose their fucking shit? You know, I think and I think I think they're it, gonna it, lose their shit. I think they're gonna. I like if I'm just looking at it, like probability wise, I'm gonna. If I was a betting man, I'd bet on complete insanity, insanity. Um, in that cycle, that's kind of what I've been worried about today. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow would be something much worse. To my baby or someone's, you know, it might be something like, you know, my uh, my car. I I think yeah. you're right. I I don't know, man. I think it really is like the Republican Party, which is not all that conservative at the end of the day. Like it's kind no. of a, a big government Republican Party versus a communist party. I think the Democratic Party is a, is gone full blown socialist. I mean. I don't know. You've you've seen socialists like openly socialist, card carrying socialists being elected in the primaries in the Democratic Party in the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I think I think they're. Want want me to tell you what I'm afraid of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's my, do my, that. My biggest fear is that we're turning into Europe eventually, where there's no conservatives versus liberals. Where it'll eventually end up just communists versus like nationalists. Yeah. I think that might be where we're headed. And not that I'm not saying the Republican Party is nationalist, because they're not. I mean, there are nationalist elements within the Republican Party, like with like Trump's tariffs and stuff like that. Like he has like some like nationalist like tendencies. But the way Trump has governed has been very conservative, like traditional conservative. Like it's been other than the tariffs and a few other issues, he's been very conservative. He's he's been, I I've, I strongly approve of most of Trump's agenda, but I feel like the hardcore Trumpsters could like drag the party into like this nationalist kind of thing in the future, and I think or just the, maybe as just a reaction to right. communism. To, I mean, to, yeah, to the Democrats. Yeah, to the yeah, to the, yeah. It, that's a that's a weird thing is to observe is how one side shapes the other side. Right. You know that's something that has happened at a shocking pace in the last few years. That is usually things happen so slowly you can't really notice them. You don't really observe them. But like I've noticed that in myself. So I definitely noticed it in the country. Like people are definitely shaping the the people are people are shaping their views based on what they did. Just like in the other side. Right. You know? And so I think what you're saying is a valid fear because um, I feel like that would be a natural instinct, a natural reaction to a socialist sort of uh, worldview. Not, you know, I, 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 yeah, that's kind of, it's, it's a little unnerving because we're not na- nationalists. <laughs> 
Right. You know, I don't right. think really not like a country technically it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, it's important and I'm, you know, I love my country. I love the United States and I love the, what it was built out of and what it stands for. Um, but a country is just, it's, it's just a state, you know, and states change. Right. You know, uh, Glenn Beck of all people, uh, said something very poignant the other day. He said that uh, uh, you know, patriotism is the love of your country and nationalism is the hatred of all the other countries. <laughs> you know, like that that makes sense. I think that's very important. Ah, yeah, that's, but that's, that's a little that's, bit of like, that's a little bit of like uh, oversimplified. postmodern French like word play. Though yeah. it's just, just like saying something based on your own worldview that that is kind of nice. true, though. Like, if you, the the nationalists, they do kind of hate other countries. They do. Yeah, I mean, business, yeah. You know? yeah so technically, if like the people that we would classify as nationalists, they just think other people suck. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's it's definitely oversimplified. It's not like a. But the from a, from the pers- yeah, but it's depending what way point of view you're looking at it from. Right. Like a nationalist would consider themselves a patriot. Right. They wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like they would think themselves a patriot. So it's really from, it's really how you view them as opposed to like a way of really describing somebody. I just really you know? hope, I just really hope in 20 years, man, that we don't have to make the distinction like, okay, the Democrats are just communists at this point, and then we have to choose, and then the Republicans are just straight nationalists, you know, and we just have to vote for the lesser of two evils and just vote for the <laughs> nationalist. Like, I don't uh, want that. I don't, that want, po- I don't want brown shirts fighting, you know? <laughs> like, I don't... Like, uh, I don't know. That's the nihilistic thing that I'm I'm afraid of right now, that uh, this political discourse is going to devolve into something like that. Like the... Yeah, the, I'm, the more, I'm worried for my kids. Yeah, I'm worried for my kids. Like, I almost didn't want to have kids at first for a while because I was just so nervous about that shit, man. But the end, but I almost said at the end of the day, sorry, Brady. <laughs> I'd have to find you. It's such a cop out, man. It's such a cop out way of, a way of rounding out your scent, your, your, your phrases. But, you know, you got like we, like, dude, like we were talking about this whole episode, like we were so freaking sure that turns were going to be a certain way and they weren't you know yeah you just never know but and you can't live your life focusing on the worst possible scenario you know you got to focus on what's in front of you you got to focus on your community you got to focus on the things that you can you can uh interact with you can change you can affect and focus your energy there so you can live a good life and you can actually be some use for other people around you i think that's a conservative worldview and i think we need to hold on to that um i think if you if people get really too angry about the national thing and what's going on on twitter and things people are saying that have nothing very little relevance to your actual situation if you get too caught up in that you're going to start living in an illusion which is going to lead to if you're a conservative it's going to lead to nationalism and if if you're in an illusion and you're a liberal, you're gonna it's gonna lead to communism or something like that or extreme leftism. But if you can actually live your life in the world that you live in, meaning your environment, 
that you interact with, you can be a useful person. Uh, so, sorry, Brady. I've had a lot of drink. Maybe I should have some more. <laughs> you said it well, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anything I w- all right, before we uh, before we sign off, uh, what, what was a couple of your favorite guests that we've had in your time of the podcast? You you stepped on in like December or January, I can't remember, but we had, dude, we've had just tons of awesome heavy hitters people on the show great, from great politicians to commentators to journalists, you know, other <laughs> podcasters. Like like, what are a couple of like the interviews we did that stood out to you? Um. Shit, the alcohol's really hitting me. Jim Garrity was was really cool because yeah, I was just super impressed by his like the way the way he talked and just kind of the he he kind of approached things with a certain grace and a certain like uh, self awareness that I appreciate. That's rare in political commentators. Uh, he has he's you no know, he's not he, he he's a conservative. But he's not like a right wing guy, if that makes sense. Right. You know, what I mean, he's never he, he never like tries to apologize for the right, you know, or like tries to defend the right. He just has a conservative point of view and he, he presents it in a fair and gracious way. I really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of the it's it's weird. It, I mean, there's a lot of like super intelligent young people we've had on the podcast, but like like Jim Garrity and a handful of other guys that are like in their 40s <laughs> that, that we've had on. Like yeah. I always look forward to those interviews. It's weird. And we're, we're both 29. Uh, so like I, I look forward to interviewing people that are older. Just, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Like it's, it's weird. Like you, you can only have read a, a certain amount of books by age 29, right? right? Like you can only be so well read you can only be so well informed, uh, like in your late twenties. So like, I always get excited when we have somebody on who's older, because it's like, well, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming this guy's like more well read than me. Like he has more right. life experience than me, and he just knows his shit more than I do. <laughs> you know? Right. So just like think. Jim, just if, yeah. I mean, if you don't grasp that concept, just think of yourself. I mean, a 29 right. year old self me is going to school. 17 year old self me on literally everything right you know oh yeah so you know have a little humility you know yeah we've had austin peterson who's running for senate yes in uh missouri he's been on the show three or four times now and uh really he's he's always fun we've had a few uh political candidates on he's the only one that i have enjoyed talking to because he's actually a cool guy (laughs) <laughs> most candidates that's such a stock that's not a smart thing to say as a host Brady. oh no dude it's cool hey political candidates coming on hey be cool next time you know uh, Austin, he, dude i was freaking Austin, he, i got to be in, cool on one of the interviews with austin peterson yeah that is austin peterson he's just so legit like you know like i i know when someone's bullshitting you know i know when someone's full of shit it comes from the environment i grew up I, in i, I can know see that shit a mile shit. away yeah yeah He's not full of shit. Nope. And uh, from a politician, gotta love it. He's gotta the only it. candidate that would kind of talk shit with us. Yeah, which is important. Yeah, I like I like talking because he can. He's not. He doesn't have to be afraid of being himself because his persona is himself. Right. right. Yeah. 
And we've had, man, we've had several writers from National Review. We've had basically half of Ben Shapiro's staff over at Daily Wire on so the show. Cool. Yeah, so cool. So many great people on uh, Independent Journal Review. We've had a bunch of people from Red State. Yeah, we've had a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of great guys. I, I agree with what we said. You brought up Jim Garrity first, and that that was a. I was actually going to bring that up. Like I always enjoy people that uh, just have been around. Maybe because we are, we're not as young as we think we are, but but <laughs> people that are that are older than us, because I still view myself as young, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's not true, but <laughs> I still view myself as a young guy, and so people that have just been around the game and can just issue that like, just that wisdom that just we can't provide on the show without that different perspective, like those yeah. those people. Like I always really look forward to those interviews, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been great, man. It's been awesome the amount of cool people you've been able to get on. It's really fun, sweet. Dude. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, Joe's got a new record coming out with his band Day of Vengeance. Haha! <laughs> at some point, dude, you just yeah, you just announced it for the first time. No one knew oh, about that. Jesus. All right. Well, yeah, it's Day of Vengeance. <laughs> it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen soon. Here, if you want to follow me for some reason, if you think. This idiot has got something cool to say. You can just follow me on my Instagram because that's pretty much the only thing I post meaningful things. On. I have me on Facebook. I don't give a damn. I'll add you. I'll, who do, who does I love Facebook everybody. anymore, man? I'm, I, I'd log on to Facebook. My grandmother. My grandmother. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, Instagram, I'm hitman underscore Hughes. It's my hitman. I mean my uh, tag, I think. Underscore is the one that's like. See, I take that as a as a great compliment that that nickname stuck. By the way, I will say that. Yeah, man, it worked because I was a producer, and also I did Muay Thai fighting when I was growing up. So like in Thailand, I was like, yeah, I like that. I like that nickname. Whiskey. So yeah, Hitman Whiskey. <laughs> Hitman underscore Hughes or search me Josiah Hughes will probably also work and I'll update you guys when my new album comes out uh, my band's called Day of Vengeance I also have an album out on Spotify or anywhere you find music if you just search my name Josiah Hughes you will find it um, I have an album that came out recently or an EP I should say that's called Ontology if you search that it will also pop, pop up um, really you can listen to good. it for free Wherever you find music, you can listen to it. Or just you can buy, buy it, it too. That'd be you cool. Can just that buy might, it like, on iTunes because you you know you have a job and shit. So just buy it on iTunes. Like yeah, you're not a, a, a little tidbit. If you're like, if you're one of those guys that buys music just to support bands, bands actually get more music if you buy it from Amazon than if you buy it from iTunes. iTunes takes thirty percent off the top. I think Amazon yeah. takes a little less. Yeah. Just a little tidbit if you want to support bands. I've 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 already considered it a sunk cost. So. Support me or not support me, it's no. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Just listen That's to my the song. Worst. That's the worst sales pitch of all time. I don't give a fuck, man. Please I buy I, I, Ontology but by Josiah please. Hughes. It is a really <laughs> fucking great EP. <laughs> Just let me know if you like it. I would appreciate that a lot. Please buy the Day of Vengeance album when it comes out. I will post things all over my Instagram and it does. Maybe... Maybe uh, you can share something when it comes out, Brady. I will. Obviously, I will blast it out. And the new Day of Vengeance record 
will be out yeah. this fall or early next year, one of the two. And uh, and I know I've been saying this forever, but my my band Southland Fearing, our album is in the works. It will be coming out soon. I don't need to remind you guys of that because I'm getting annoying with it, but it is coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, guys. <laughs> I've heard this song. I heard the song like, can I tell them? Should I not say? You can say. I've, I've heard this song like over a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening slowly, but it, it, it's coming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of size stuff. Follow him on Twitter. What, I'm really stoked about this this new album, man. It's gonna be. It's there's only gonna be five songs on it, but it's the Day of Avengers album is gonna be. Yeah, dude. I, I've heard all five songs, and they are really, really fucking good. They're really good. It's some of the best stuff Josiah's ever written, and that's saying something, because I really respect this dude as a songwriter. So, thanks, it is, man. It's it's really great stuff. It's really great stuff. Follow my Twitter at that. Josiah the Hughes, I believe. Is that correct? I think uh, you're never on Twitter. Do no, all, all of our fans are on on Twitter, so you gotta follow me on Twitter. Whenever I post something on Facebook, you'll go there. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's a terrible sales sales pitch again. Just the worst. But man. can you tell that I that I I'm not a salesman? This He's is not. why my this is why my music career flopped. <laughs> hey, yeah, just just the Hughes. That's you're, yeah. you're you're just going strong. Still kicking. You're, you're playing the long I, game, and hey, you know the long game, man. This is a long game, man. I'm just waiting to see what the music industry does, and I'm just gonna pop in there and take over shit. Well, my yeah, it. my Twitter handle is Josiah the Hughes. Josiah the Hughes. Yeah. Everybody follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. We'll be back on Monday. Josiah, sign us off. Yo, motherfuckers! Thanks for listening to the show. Keep keep tuned to the No Gimmicks Podcast. Don't forget to give us a five star rating and a good review because you're a decent human being, right? <laughs> All right. Peace. No, no gimmicks. Gimps.